Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, James. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by Josh No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran on Twitter at Lofty underscore D. That's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Tough one to spell. With me, Josh Ingleman at Josh Ingleman. Relatively easy one to spell. L-E, not E-L. Get it wrong all the time. What's going on, dude? Ah, not too much. Not too much. Enjoying a, a nice Sunday. We finally got good weather here yesterday. It's just been kind of cold and rainy for a bit. We haven't. Sorry, we got uh, bright blue skies and sunny days, but uh, it was a little rainy in my brain yesterday because Liverpool lost. So I assume you're going to change the subject now since I'm talking about (laughs) soccer on the weekend. You get hammered? Uh, I had a few. Yeah, I had a few. Yeah, we gave up a goal in like the second minute, which allowed me to get most of the steam out throughout like we didn't we didn't lose late so i was angry for an hour and a half and you can't really hold on to anger much longer after that does katie enjoy soccer with you no no uh depends she go with you yes so the experience is fun because everybody's like hooting and hollering and everybody's having cocktails that's a good time so i would say yes to that if if i'm watching liverpool in the living room she's watching whatever's on her phone is there like a liverpool contingent in wilmington north carolina there is really yeah and how does one in like every that? major city basically? Is there a is there a a bar that specifically caters to the Wilmington uh, to the Liverpool fan base in Wilmington, North Carolina? So we've had a couple locations so far. Uh, we were at a place called the Dubliner, which I love, but is kind of a rat hole. Uh, so we ended up progressing to another place that was perfect. Brand new renovated bar. Uh, everything was really nice, clean, big booths, but like there was never going to be a ton of people there. It wasn't like sports bar. It just was set up perfectly. Uh, they ended up closing during COVID, which is kind of a bummer. So we've had to move elsewhere now to a place that is also a bit of a rat hole. Um, so we're, we're on the hunt, I think, for something even better. Things are looking up. Yeah, look, right, well, look, I like those kind of bars. It's a good time for me, but uh, I love like seating is kind of limited. It's, it's not very uh, welcoming. Let's just say I, that. I thoroughly enjoy hole-in-the-wall bars. Not everybody yeah. does. I like it. I like the atmosphere, you know, but... Not this one, this one had an atmosphere. This one had an atmosphere. That's <laughs> exactly. Sure. Exactly. There was a like, hole in the wall in the men's room, but it was like chest high instead of waist high. So that <laughs> solved a bunch of problems. You might get stabbed 
but it'll be the greatest night of your life if you don't. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, we got seven games to get into, guys. Thanks for being with us. As always, it's a Sunday, so you know it's a little bit different doing these Sunday shows. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, it helps us out a ton. It's the easiest way to help support us, and we are greatly appreciative of all of you guys who've stuck with us over the years, throughout all the good and the bad at Osmo. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into it, Josh. Let's start with OKC and Cleveland. By the way, there are a few games on this slate that are just really ugly from an overall total standpoint, but a couple injuries may open things up a little bit. Starting with OKC and Cleveland, the Oklahoma City Thunder are two-point favorites on the road, 217 total against the Cavs team that no longer has Andre Drummond, still, well, no longer has him on the floor, still hasn't got Kevin Love back, Larry Nance remains out, Torian Prince is out, so they're dealing with a decent amount of injuries on their side. Meanwhile, OKC is beginning to get uh, the reinforcements, the troops are arriving, SGA's been back, Horford's healthy, everyone's here outside of like George Hill, so they're good to go for what it's worth, laying two points in Cleveland. Yeah, this is a tale of two sites, really, but it's the same sort of uh, end game. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander on FanDuel and not much else. You can go to Horford, you can go to Baisley. Baisley didn't close their most recent game, which I thought was kind of interesting. They actually gave those closing minutes to Hamadou Diallo. I don't know what to make of that moving forward, uh, whether or not that's going to be long-term or not, but it was something that I wanted to point out because that changes. If you think that Hamadou Diallo closes and this game is close, I think he becomes a little bit more interesting because he picks up an extra four to five minutes. Otherwise you're projecting him for something in like the 22, 23 range. I don't have anything that I could look into to think I know the closing rotation for the Oklahoma city thunder. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they kind of play that one by ear. So SGA is the guy that I'm looking for most on FanDuel. A little bit of Horford, a little bit of Baisley. On DraftKings, we've got SGA, Baisley, and Horford all 10 to 15% owned. I agree with those numbers. I think you can get to a little bit of Teo Maladon on the seven-gamer. I think you can get to a little bit of my boy Lou Dort at 5,100 too, but these they're more like uh, flyers in large field GBPs. Not too much to like against Cleveland. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to like either. OKC was a much more appealing team when guys were out. Um, yeah. But at this point, you're not really getting good value on any of them. If you had to say, and I think you just put it, put it out there, but if you were to say one more time, who would you say your top options for OKCR if it's not SGA? Is it anyone? Uh, it's probably Darius Baisley, and I use the top option there very loosely. He doesn't become any sort of priority. I'd like multiple guys on Cleveland more than him. So he is the best non-SGA guy, but that's damning with faint praise. All right, so on Cleveland, this is where things get interesting. And by the way, one thing I like about J.B. Bickerstaff is he's running these young guys till the final buzzer, Josh, no matter how many points they're down, right? Like, they're not coming out in blowouts. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, this game could be 25 points. Go look at the last game against Denver. They were down by, like, 28 midway through the fourth. The starting lineup closed the game out with zero chance of making it competitive. I like to see that. Um I don't love all of these players, especially given that their <laughs> salaries continue to rise. But again, no Drummond, no Love uh, is, remains out. No Nance. Torian Prince uh, remains out for this one. Della Vadova still hasn't played. They are um, they're scratching the bottom of the barrel for sure. They have been a steaming pile of garbage for the past three weeks. Uh, not having Larry Nance, I think it's a real big problem. He is sneaky, the best player on Cleveland, and it's not even particularly close, which is kind of scary. Uh, they need to get him back in a hurry because, well... It doesn't really matter. They're, they're they have tumbled out of yeah, maybe they don't want relevance. him back in a hurry. 
Eh, that's probably true too. Well, I don't know. They're going to, I think they want to win. We'll see if that matters, but I'll actually like a lot of uh, Cleveland today and they are picking up a ton of ownership. So on FanDuel, Allen, Sexton, Garland, Osman, and JaVale McGee, all between 15 and 20% ownership. JaVale, $100 north of the minimum today. So keep your eye on that one. Similar story on DraftKings. Allen and Garland, both 25 to 30% owned. A lot of ownership coming into Sexton and Osman, JaVale again. Uh, if you're talking my opinions, I prefer Jared Allen to anybody else on the Cavs. I think Isaac Okoro is going overlooked, but that's because he's quite terrible from a DFS perspective, more of a large field GPP guy. I don't see anybody that stands out as like no doubt about it, but you got to have a lot of Jared Allen, probably a significant amount of Darius Garland as well. These two guys are the guys that grade out the best to me. Ownership's already there. So be aware of your lineup construction uh, in a GPP, but in a cash game, they're going to be pretty close to uh, guys you would work into. That Garland salary on DraftKings seems pretty crazy. I I know he hasn't been fantastic, but If the game's close, and it should be because they're not actually playing a good team, they've faced a lot of good teams recently. Keep that in mind, right? Look at their, look at the last, this will blow your mind. The last nine games they've played Clippers, Bucks, Bucks, Suns, Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets. That's an insanely bad run of games. Yeah, that's, uh, you're not going to be picking up many wins in that run. And they did, and I think they lost all of them. So it's exactly They've been on a bit of a cold spell. That might be the wor- That might be the toughest stretch of the season that any team has gotten all year. Yeah, I- yeah that, that's not. It's not good, especially well, when your best player is out. Right. So now you've got them up against OKC. They're only two point dogs. I, I'm. I would caution. I would urge you not to only look at what these guys have done recently and 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 look at the scores because that's a tough, tough run of matchups. I like Garland a lot. You're right. He is getting ownership, but. When you're coming in at a mid 5K price point on a team that's down most of their that were the top producing players earlier in the year, you just got to go there. Yeah, I don't. It's not fun. Like Allen and Garland look equal to me on DraftKings. I have Allen a bit ahead of Garland on FanDuel. Uh, Chetty picking up a little bit more love. I don't know what they're going to do with his minutes. Uh, he got 26 in the last one. They gave a little bit of a bump more to uh, Dylan Windler. Still kind of have to go to Chetty at least a little bit. I assume he's in the starting lineup in place. Could play 32 minutes, so you can't totally ignore him. He's picking up more ownership than I would like to see, though, on FanDuel. I think these guys are going mostly slightly over-owned. It is possible. They're still good plays. So that's that's one you want to keep in mind. You can still get to those guys, but you don't want the rest of your lineup to be super chalky, too. All right. You want to move on to the next one? Sure. All right. We also got a $20 super chat from Logan. Thanks, brother. He says, took down second place in the $4.20 max for 5K. Congrats, man. That's huge. Thanks for all the yeah. content you guys put out. It helped me improve dr- drastically this season. That is awesome. awesome. And Cody Smith says, you two are my favorite people on this channel. Good morning, guys. Well, good morning to you too, man. Appreciate that. Sounds always, like Cody Smith is smart. It's always nice to hear nice things, ain't it, Josh? It is. It is. And true things too. We are the best. Tr- <laughs> Minnesota at the New York Knicks. Kick it off on the Minnesota side of the ball. Two and a half point dogs, 217 total. So the first three games we get to, all of them have very low totals. Just not good teams in not good matchups. Well, not good teams in good matchups, but slow-paced spots. The New York Knicks bring on one of the uh, ugliest matchups you could face all year, mostly from a pace standpoint. They play at a crawling pace, Josh. Yeah, 
Uh, I have it at 95.1 possessions, which is dead last by two full possessions. Yep. That's hard to do. You rarely see somebody like everybody else is 97, 97, 98, 98. That's the bottom 95. That's how slow they are. It's nuts. And uh, it's not helping out Minnesota at all. Malik Beasley is the only person on FanDuel in double digits in ownership. I agree with it. And I don't really care much about the rest of these guys. Like a little bit of Edwards, a little bit of Rubio. I get it. I, uh, Towns is going to play bigger minutes one of these days. Who knows when that is? It might actually just be next year, depending on how much COVID really messed him up. But at 33 minutes, I'm not all that interested in Towns. On DraftKings, it opens up a little bit. Anthony Edwards at 5,900. I think there's some value to be squeezed out of that price tag. Uh, Malik Beasley properly owned. The one that's standing out to me, we have Jared Vanderbilt, 3,800 projected for 15% ownership. I do not want 15% of Jared Vanderbilt. That's a pretty easy fade for me. I mostly just don't want Minnesota out of, outside of Beasley and Edwards. Yeah, it's really just not a good spot. And the New York Knicks are not a particularly good team. But like you said, slowest pace in the league. I mean, they play at an absolutely crawling pace. And they might not have the best defense, but get this. On the season, or I'm sorry, the best offense. On the season, they have the third best defensive rating in the league. They've played good defense. Yeah, it's blowing my mind, if I'm perfectly honest. Me too. Doesn't make sense. But I'd I say think we need even, You know what? I think we need to look at something quickly. I'm going to pull it up right now. I want to see where the Knicks rank when Mitchell Robinson is not on the floor. Because I think enough. that's a big piece, considering that is the, the center is going to be the person that is able to dictate team defense most. Sure, yeah. I want to, see if, I want to see if they tumble quickly. Because I have not looked. I hadn't even thought about it, really. Me neither. I, third best in the league is is insane. I mean, they're essentially tied in points per hundred possessions with the Utah jazz. That is, that's how good they've been. And offensively, they're also really bad, which again, Josh essentially, and, and you can get to that in a second, but yeah. what that means, they have the 107.5 offensive rating, 107.6 defensive rating, 96 uh, pace They're They basically make for the, the worst matchup in the league because not only will you not score points against them, but they won't score points against you and they'll take 24 seconds to get each shot off. So it's not good. 108.7 with Mitchell Robinson off the floor. So nothing too crazy. And I'm not surprised by that. I mean, Nerlens Noel is going to, should be fine in that yep. scenario too. Uh, nothing too crazy. I want to see. Oh, all right. So ready for this one? Maybe we go. need to look into this one a little bit more. So the Knicks lead the league 50.2% effective field goal percentage allowed. That is the best rate in the league. If you base that solely on what you would expect people to shoot from the location that they took those shots, they are at 55%, which ranks 26th in the league. So you can say, arguably, that they had have they have had the best luck of any team in the league uh, on opponent shooting. So it might be something to watch as we go through the season. Yeah, it definitely could. I think when the dust settles, they'll probably be a middle-of-the-road team, but I don't think they're going to be a bottom-10 team either. Here, here's the uh, – you'll love this. Other teams are shooting 32.3% against them from three. That is the okay. best rate in the league by two and a half percent. Wow. And uh, that's just going to come up. Um, that is league average is 37%. That, that number will come up eventually. Uh, something to keep in mind moving forward. For sure. They have been great defensively though. And Nerlens Noel is the type of guy, by the way, that will get beat up by, by physical centers. Like if you put Joel and beat up against Nerlens Noel, it's going to be a, tr- it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Jokic, you put up really Embiid and Jokic up against anyone at this point, but you get what I'm saying. Sure. Um, I, I do think this is probably a spot where Carl Anthony Towns could have himself a monster game, but you're just 
you're not getting the minutes. I, I, he played 37 minutes a couple games ago, so I guess there's that. But you okay. have not seen that big performance yet since he's returned. And uh, I worry on a seven-game slate with Giannis, with Embiid, with Jokic, with Harden, with Vooch, with Trey Young, with Kawhi, like, with all of these good players that it's just going to be really tough to get to Towns, even if you think he could do damage against Nerlens Noel, which I do. Yeah, uh, that 37 and a half was in OT. So in the non-OT portions of games, he's averaging 32 minutes a game. I I just meant that he can. You know, he's not completely limited. Yeah, absolutely. But it's good to see. I I mean, I I think that's just one of those situations where he's going to play those five minutes no matter what, whether he's feeling good or not. Um, I just don't want much of Minnesota. I'm way more likely to get to a bunch of New York. Uh, Julius Randle in particular, picking up 20% ownership on FanDuel. I don't see an issue with that at all. Uh, His point per minute rates look great 8800 not a problematic price tag he's expensive on dk though 9400 for randall there i can see getting away from him i'd be more likely to get to rj barrett on DraftKings at 5400 but the real guy that i want to talk about is nerlens noel on fanduel so he is 5300 hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Only projected for 11% ownership right now. That kind of surprises me. Um... I wouldn't have expected it, but we're lucky enough to still get Nerlens Noel at power forward on FanDuel. And I think that opens him up quite a bit. I think he's getting underrepresented. He's been a one fantasy point per minute guy, basically his entire life. Uh, Minnesota's defense, not scary. You're not worried about towns at the center spot either. So if even like he's the starting center, I, I have him in for 29 minutes. I actually have him projected for less than a fantasy point per minute. So this is a testament to how much I actually like him. I think he should be owned twice as much as he is. And I'm being, I'd like to say, pretty pessimistic about his projection. What has happened to R.J. Barrett? He's been one of the most volatile players all season long in minutes and, and production and his salary, right? There was a point where he was at a mid-7K price point. He's plummeted to 5400 on DraftKings. There was a point where it didn't matter what the scenario in the game was. He was playing 35-plus minutes. Now you're getting games where he might play 19, he might play 27, he might play 35 uh, he's just all over the map right now. I have no idea what to do with his minutes. I have him at 29, which makes me feel pretty good because I think that there's at least a little bit of upside in it. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I know why he's getting yanked around. I think it's because he sucks, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, averaging one point per shot attempt. That's a 14th percentile outcome. So he's just shockingly inefficient and uses the ball or uses possessions at a bigger than average rate. Uh, I understand why you wouldn't want to play him, but it's also the Knicks. It's not like they're brimming with talent either. So I actually do like him quite a bit on DraftKings today. Uh, 5,400 projected for 7% ownership. I had him in the optimal lineup 14% of the time. Yeah, I don't want to like him, but at that price, I think it's going to be hard to ignore him entirely. Um, And also, I, I believe Alec Burks was out for a bunch of those games where Thibodeau was just running him for like 37 minutes a night, so... There's yeah. that, but I can't believe Austin Rivers is just fully out of the rotation now. That really surprises me. It is kind of strange. Yeah, he hasn't played in a few games. And even when he did play, it was like a minute or two in garbage time. So yeah. I don't know what to make of that. It's easy enough just to not think about it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, now that Derrick Rose is there, it really doesn't matter. They're not going to – I mean, they might dust off, dust off Austin Rivers in the future, but he's not relevant. Any other thoughts on the Knicks? Uh, it's mostly just Randall and Noel plus Barrett on uh, DraftKings. Okay. Detroit and Orlando, once we get through this game, we start getting to some interesting ones. I suppose you had to get through Philly-Toronto as well, but uh, the Detroit Pistons are two-and-a-half-point dogs, 209-and-a-half total. So we've seen a lot of low-total games with both of these teams recently. Today, there's nothing different. In Orlando, the Detroit Pistons will not have Blake Griffin for obvious reasons, but the big one here is DeLon Wright is doubtful to play. Now, Wright had been playing significant minutes before that injury last game where he left early with that groin, played 25 minutes. Um, he's playing huge minutes, Josh. So yeah. that's gonna that, that void is going to have to be filled likely by, is it going to be Dennis Smith Jr.? Does Jackson get a few point guard minutes as well? What are we going to see here? I'm assuming it's Dennis Smith Jr. because he's been the backup. I'd be surprised if it doesn't just become him as the starter, whether or not Saban Lee or uh, uh, Frank Jackson becomes the backup there. I'm not entirely sure. And they could just sort of chop it up between those three guys. But right now I'm assuming it's Dennis Smith Jr. That makes him my favorite play on DraftKings today. He's 4K. I gave him 29 minutes. I think he looks best. I actually have him in the optimal lineup 37% of the time. That is clearly the number one option on DraftKings. Uh, I have him in the 20% range on FanDuel. I'm going to get to a lot of the Pistons. I, I get to Jeremy Grant constantly uh, with right out now. I, I think it looks even better. I assume that he tries to do even more. So no issues going to Grant. Mason Plumley's minutes have finally stabilized again. He's been up north of 30 minutes. That's a guy that I have my eye on. Clearly, I just mentioned Dennis Smith Jr. And then uh, I can still get to Sadiq Bay, 5,300 and 5,500 playing big minutes now, 30 plus. I have him in for 30 today. Could see more just with all of these injuries out. And then I don't want to do anything with this rotating cast of characters, Wayne Ellington, Spee, Seku, Saban Lee. If we get a different starter at point guard, things could get kind of crazy. Like if it ends up being Saban Lee or Frank Jackson, keep your eyes peeled for that. But assuming it's Dennis Smith Jr., he's the best play on the slate. Yep. Right now we have him at 24.9% on DraftKings. So... He's up there in the top five ownership right now. I think rightfully so. Yeah. What, how many, what are you giving him, 32 minutes? Dennis Smith Jr.? Yeah. I give him 29. 29? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to be pessimistic to start to see how it shook out. And if we get any – I mean, this is a 7 o'clock game, so I didn't want to go too crazy right out of the gate and then find out that somebody else is starting. Not to mention that if you give him 29 or 32, it probably won't make much of a difference as far he's as my best. He's game. my best play on DraftKings by a mile at 29. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to struggle to figure out how to get to him. Yeah. So when uh, DeLon Wright, let me see here. DeLon Wright went down, what was it, in the fourth quarter? Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. He played three minutes. Dennis Smith Jr. came in and played almost nine minutes and closed that game out with the starting lineup alongside Ellington, Grant Plumley, and Sadiq Bay. So if that's the case, there's no, I don't, I don't see any reason that, that, that he's not going to get that run. I think that would it'd be strange if he didn't put it that way. I agree. Anything else on Detroit? No, I think you just need to play a lot of them. They're one of my favorite teams. I think they're going a bit under owned at DSJ is the guy at the top of the heat, but don't be afraid of Sadiq Bay. Don't be afraid of Jeremy Grant. Don't be afraid of Mason Plumlee. Okay. Yeah, without Griffin, without DeLon Wright, it thins out very quickly. And it's not like Dennis Smith Jr. is a high-usage player, although he's going to get the opportunities. Yep. What about Orlando? Still, uh, Cole Anthony, Aaron Gordon are sidelined for 
you know, an indefinite amount of time. Nikola Vucevic's price point has finally begun to reflect his performance, yet now he's coming off a 30.16 rebound, 10 assist, triple-double with 75 DraftKings points in that home win against the Golden State Warriors. Every time you think he's too expensive, he comes and does something like this. Yeah, and he's one of the only two guys that I think are really viable today. You can make a case for Evan Fournier. Um, I, I don't want to get too much there. Vooch looks good on FanDuel in particular. Uh, 15% owned. I think th- that number is spot on. So if you're playing large field tournaments, that's sort of where I would want to be. Uh, the 10-3 price tag on DraftKings is a little t- bit of a tough sell given the other centers. You know, We've got Jokic on the slate. We've got Embiid on the slate. It's hard to want to pay that same amount of money for Vooch. He's okay. The guy that I have to get to the most is heavy, heavy chalk on Fandle, where he's only 4,500 as the starting point guard for the Orlando Magic. Michael Carter-Williams didn't have his price move, so I'm going to eat that chalk and hopefully not get as destroyed as I did two nights ago. He's 5,500 on DraftKings. I don't think that that's nearly as good of a price tag, but he's still like a 10 to 15 percenter. After that, I don't want Orlando. This team is a black hole of fantasy talent. Yeah, they are. There was something there when you had Anthony and Fournier and MCW out, but you needed the entire backcourt to be sidelined in order to get something. And then Frank Jackson gets hurt in the first four minutes and it doesn't matter anyway. So, yeah. Um, It's bad. It's bad. But MCW is a problem. He's in 35% of lineups right now in our ownership projections. I agree with it. I have him at 33. So like, I can't even, I can't even argue with it, but. That's on FanDuel though. You're talking about. That is on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's 12 and a half percent owned. 5,500 is just. That, that price stands out. It's a bit too high. No one's really getting much ownership on DraftKings. Fournier around 10, Carter Williams around 12 and a half, Vucevic around seven. So yeah, it's 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 not a team that, that you really want to get heavy on today whatsoever. At least I don't. And if DeLon Wright wasn't out, I don't think I'd have much interest in Detroit either. No, that, that, that would look very different. I would still be getting to Jeremy Grant because I can't stop doing that. But yeah, yeah if DeLon Wright was in, uh, this would be a very different game. All right, No House Advantage, sponsor of the Strategy Show. Got this one right, Josh. There you go. It had to happen eventually. Yeah, I got it right the past couple of times. You know, we we, we, we figured things out here. Sure. Exclusive peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform. It is a prop betting site, peer-to-peer in contest form. And, well, I say it all the time. It's not even about what the format is because the format's very cool. Like It's not like DraftKings or FanDuel where you bet one prop and you hope it wins. You're betting a ton of props in one contest form against your peers in a, in a GPP-style form where the highest confidence one goes at the top, uh, gains you the most points. The lowest confidence interval you put at the bottom and you make something that you know you feel good about and hopefully win some money. But you get $20 free when you sign up in your first deposit just using the promo code AWESOMO. So that's one very simple reason to do it. But the biggest reason is when you go over to awesomeo.com, you have free no house advantage player prop projections, which is huge, gives you an edge yep. over the field of anyone that doesn't know what awesomeo is, and they're still out there. And the optimal lineups tool, both of them completely free all the time. So every time you decide not to sign up at no house advantage, remember that you're missing out on all of the free tools that we have and the free deposit bonus when you use the promo code AWESOMO. Join for free, check it out, download the app at No House Advantage, and again, be sure to use our tools when you do. We're comparing the player props against what they, against what our projections are and having an optimal lineups tool. And, of course, the props don't change. So if something comes out throughout the day and you think 
that it should have changed. It changed on DraftKings. It changed on FanDuel. You can hit that on No House Advantage. It's static. It doesn't move. There's so many different ways to win here and get an edge that there's no reason not to check it out. It's No House Advantage, sponsor of the Strategy Show. All right, Josh, three up, four to go. Let's talk Philadelphia and Toronto. Philadelphia 76ers laying three points in Toronto, 224 and a half total. Um, they're getting Ben Simmons back. They're also expected to get Shake Milton back. That yeah. makes them a much better team and a much less appealing fantasy team. Yes, it does. Uh, Joel Embiid looks still pretty good. 11K on FanDuel, 10-9 on DraftKings. I prefer... Monster. Uh, Absolute monster. I had 40% of that two nights ago. Wow. 40%. I had awesome. 30% of Jamal Murray. I had 45% of Giannis. Didn't connect the pieces together. Oh, you had... Yeah. Yeah, that, that should not happen. No, man, I I was... I was paying closer attention than I normally do as the night gets later because I knew that I was doubled up on the best center and things were looking tasty, but I just I couldn't couldn't get the pieces to fit. Kind of a bummer. Two DraftKings points. I know, I know, and I have a ton of Vooch and Jokic. Like I had all of the other centers that were decent too, so it made made cashing pretty easy. But uh, Vooch had seventy. Wasn't that the seventy-five one night for Vooch? Yeah. Yeah, which is useless when Embiid goes to 90, but you're happy 92. to fill out the rest of your lineups for it. 90, yeah, it's just one of the most insane performances. That was in regulation, too. So so Great. here's the deal. Joel Embiid at 7.5% ownership on FanDuel is the highest number for the Sixers on either FanDuel or DK. There's no ownership coming in here. I don't think that there really should be much coming in. I think Philly looks like one of the worst teams on the slate from a fantasy perspective. Prices Agreed. are up. Everybody's back. If you get Embiid, if you get Simmons, if you get Harris, these are guys you rotate through because they're just good. Sometimes really good players have really good games. But I don't see anybody on Philadelphia that looks like a no-doubter other than I'd be happy to get to more Embiid on FanDuel. I prefer Jokic today. No problems getting to Embiid. But there are no priorities coming out of Philly. I'm with you. Uh, Like you said, Joel Embiid, if you wanted to roster him because he can do what he does uh, on many occasions, then I'm okay with that. I don't have an issue with that. It's more so not that he's a phenomenal play in a great spot, but just that he's a phenomenal player uh, who doesn't necessarily need a great spot, but his salary continues to climb justifiably. So Uh, he's going to get to the line, knock down most if you know, most of his free throws, like seven, 15 for 17 the other day, he's an 85 plus percent free throw shooter and he's knocking down shots from anywhere on the court. So it's just been very difficult to stop him. Uh, But all in all, 1.68 FanDuel points per minute over the past month, only behind Giannis by a hundredth of a point. Wow. Really? Yeah. And then, and then Jokic is third, but he's a full one or full 0.15 behind those guys. That's crazy. And Ben Simmons is just a bit too expensive right now. Especially yeah, the- it's 9,600 on FanDuel, 9,200 on DK. You need a special game out of him for those price tags, which is fine, but it, it's not my cup of tea today. Well, what about this? How interesting is Toronto to you against the Philly defense that has actually taken a bit of a step back? I think getting Simmons back in the the lineup, getting healthy is going to definitely help them. But they're good. They've given up some pretty significant games to opposing ball handling guards recently. I mean, I could rattle off a bunch of them, right? Jordan Clarkson, Devin Booker, just in the past couple of the past week, to be exact, uh, Zach Levine had a poor shooting game. Matisse Dybul defensively is really, really good. Keep that in mind. Uh, but I don't think he starts. He's not going to start, I don't think, with – well, no, he wouldn't start 
with Ben Simmons being back. Toronto, though, no, well, at least we're not expected to get Kyle Lowry. That throws a wrench into the works for sure. Yeah, I love Fred Van Vliet for 8K on FanDuel and 8,200 on DraftKings. I think this spot looks fantastic. Do you think I he should get be getting more him. ownership than he is right now at 16% on DraftKings? Significantly so. He, I mean, he sees just giant rate bumps. He's, I'm in for 37 minutes. If you told me he played 40, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. This dude just soaks up minutes. I don't think it's crazy to project him as like a 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy with Kyle Lowry off the floor. He just does a ton for this team. So Fred Van Vliet's one of my favorite plays of the day, whether that's cash games, GPPs, whatever, I'm in. Uh, I think Pascal Siakam on DraftKings at 7,900 looks pretty good. He's $1,000 more expensive on FanDuel, so you don't have to get too crazy there. One guy that I think we need to talk about is kind of interesting to me. So we have DeAndre Bembry on DraftKings projected for 16% ownership. He has been soaking up additional minutes, but it looks like OG Ananobi's back. Aaron Baines is 3,200 today. Does he see a couple extra minutes today because of Joel Embiid being there? I gave Baines 23 minutes. I don't think that there's a ton of low price value on DK. We only have him at three and a half percent ownership. This I'm, I'm kind of digging Baines as a pay down center option. I think yes, because well, let, let's, let's run through this process. If it's not Baines against Joel Embiid, who is it? Siakam, Boucher, I, honestly, the the answer is probably Stanley Johnson uh, no, because he's the, you, can't, you can't do that. They tend to do that with for him. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Him to go, like, he's like the strong, stumpy guy. Like, he's like the P.J. Tucker of the Raptors. <laughs> right, but I think what, what you see is they end up just tripling him and throwing yeah. the house at him. You know what I mean? Also very possible. I didn't project Stanley Johnson in. It wouldn't shock me if he got a rotation or two as the main guy to hold serve while someone else comes flying in from the side. It's, po- it's, it's definitely possible. If you watch the, if you've watched them this year and, and you watch that Chicago game, he, he was hitting on in triple teams because he'll just step back on you now. And they might just try to do what they can to force Philly to take three pointers and yeah. If that is the case, that's what's always interesting about this team because you might get a big Seth Curry game. Danny Green might get more opportunities. You're not going to get those threes from Ben Simmons, but um, how do they try to stop Embiid today is a pretty pretty significant question for this slate. Yeah, they're going to just have to send help a lot or hope that Aaron Baines can hold up for this game. But again, if I have him at 23 minutes, he is value that I don't think really exists on DraftKings right now. I don't have much interest on FanDuel. I definitely don't have interest in the DeAndre Bembry chalk. Uh, 
Um, I'd rather get to like Norm Powell. Even Boucher is getting 8% ownership. That I'm a little nervous about. Alex loves Boucher right now. So it's something to keep in mind there. Okay. I think you're right about, about uh, Aaron Baines though. It would make the most sense. Like he played 24 minutes on February 14th. Oh no, was Cat in? Cat was in. Yeah. So I don't, you know, and he, like he can get there. This is the spot you're trying to deploy Aaron Baines. Of all the matchups you could have, like this is why you still have him and not Alex Land or somebody else. So yep. I don't know if he gets it. I'd pay attention to it. If he starts, that'd be cool. Um, you, you feel a little bit better about it. If he's three and a half percent owned on DraftKings on a seven gamer, that's a spot where I'd be okay to take a flyer. But Fred Van Vliet is the clear key piece for me coming out of Toronto. And yeah. to me, the best player in this game by a mile. I think there might be some sour feelings set around Fred Van Vliet recently because his past couple of games have been underwhelming shot four for 20 against Minnesota, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Go back to the well there. He's a 1.18 guy with, with Lowry off the floor this season, uh, 28% usage rate. His assist rate spikes to North of 30%. There's just too much to like there. And, and like I said, Philly's a good defense, but they will give up big games. They will give yeah. up big games to opposing guards and with Lowry out, Fred Van Vliet's going to be doing a lot of bringing the ball up the floor, a lot more ball handling than he normally does. I'm with you, Josh. I think 16% is too low. I'm glad we're on the same page. Two smart people getting the things right today. <laughs> Denver and Atlanta. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. Laying three points against the Hawks, 231.5 total. This is where things begin to get a little bit interesting. The Nuggets getting pretty considerable ownership, and it all starts with Michael Porter Jr., $5,900 on DraftKings. Um, he's let a lot of people down lately, but it is what it is. Highest highest owned on FanDuel at, what, 46% at $5,700? We got to start there. Michael Porter Jr. is crazy owned because they barely move his price. Only $200 up um, on FanDuel from 5,500 to 5,700. He's the best, one of the best players on FanDuel today by a mile. I completely agree with the ownership. Um, Jamal Murray went bonkers two nights ago, like 20 of 23 from the field or something along those lines. He's projected for 4% ownership on FanDuel and less than one on DraftKings. Should have him in like 10 to 15% of your lineups. That is ludicrous to me, especially against Atlanta. Uh, This matchup fits Jamal Murray really well. I don't mind getting to Will Barton, Monty Morris. Uh, All these guys seem perfectly fine to me because they're all playing like 26 plus minutes. I don't really need much Compasso at 4,100 on DK, but I do have one guy that I need to talk about. And I'm a little curious your thoughts. Nikola Jokic is 10-6 on FanDuel and 10-8 on DraftKings. We haven't projected for 30% ownership on FanDuel and 26 on DK. I aggressively disagree with that. (laughs) So why do you disagree? I don't, I don't really see him pulling away from the pack in that sort of way on a slate like this for Jokic to, to get into, I think it's easier to talk. I think it's the same story on FanDuel and DraftKings, but I think it's easier to talk about it from a FanDuel perspective since you can only roster one center, because I think it puts the scope of the position into play. So we are projecting him for 31% of the ownership at center on FanDuel on a slate with Joel Embiid, Nikola Vucevic, Carl Anthony Towns, Clint Capella, Jared Allen, Mason Plumley, Al Horford, potentially Rashawn Holmes. That's just at the top end of this. 
I just don't think that he's in the optimal lineup 30 plus percent of the time with all those guys out there. I like him. I think he looks pretty good, but he's still 10, six. You have to make that salary work at least a little bit. We still can pay up for James Harden at the shooting guard spot. We haven't touched on Giannis at 11, three at power forward. So if you're getting that much Jokic, it might be a little harder to get to either of those two guys. I think Giannis is the best play on the slate today. I would rather pay up for him than Jokic rather pay up for him than anybody else at center. I'm not entirely sure that that ownership is warranted. I think I would be more likely to be fading Nikola Jokic at that number, come in with like 15% and spread that out to the guys that aren't picking up the ownership today. So spread it out a little bit to Embiid, who's got maybe he's got Embiid has less than a fourth of his ownership, uh, 6%. Spread it out maybe to Vooch against Detroit at 7%. Spread it out to some of those guys at the same position with significantly lower ownership. Yeah, like Mason Plumlee's 5.5% owned. I understand that Nikola Jokic is going to score more fantasy points than Mason Plumlee. Mason Plumlee is also 6,800 and could unlock a Harden plus Giannis lineup. So I would rather get, you know, 2x the field on Mason Plumlee, get over the field on Clint Capella, get over the field on Joel Embiid, get over the field on Jared Allen, and just come in a little bit lighter on Jokic and hope that today isn't the day that he fully breaks the slate. Again, he's incredible. He could go for 35, 15, and 15 today because he has that kind of skill set. I think he's over-owned right now. Plumlee's been pretty awesome, though. Yeah. He's yeah. been pretty good. Plumlee gives you 45 or 50 at 7K. You're going to be feeling pretty good about that to begin with. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think it's very doable. You know, he's got 40-plus in three of his last four. He's playing 30-plus, 34, 33, 38 minutes. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Uh, that's not to say that I don't like Vooch in this spot because I do. Uh, and Atlanta, Jokic. rim protection-wise, is you know, on the bottom half of the league. Nikola Jokic should be able to pretty much beat them up in the post and and do as he pleases. But that's a lot of ownership on a night where you've got a million guys priced above 10K and he's getting the bulk of it at center. So I'm yeah. with you. Anything the else? Other, the, other key, yeah, the other key piece for that for me is that if you are getting away from that Jokic ownership, I think that plays perfectly into the hands of thinking that Jamal Murray is under-owned. If you're not going to roster Jokic, but you still think Denver plays well, then I would be happy to give additional ownership to Jamal Murray. I think that works perfectly. Jokic not playing well brings down 30% of the lineups. And then I assume that some of that additional offense just goes to the other best player on the Nuggets. So I, I think there's a synergy involved there too. You know, Jamal Murray is someone who is really volatile and just, just that he can, he has a very low floor for a guy at this price point, but he's also played extraordinarily well lately and his shot volume has gone through the roof in his past two games, 25 field goal attempts in both. Now, do I foresee him shooting 21 for 25 and eight for 10 from three again? No, certainly not. But at the same time, is there anything to you that stands out about Murray doing something differently? Or is this just a guy that's doing something similar to what we saw in the postseason where he decided to take over in certain games and when he wants to, he can score? I, th- I think he's got a little bit of Ben Simmons in him. And I know they're obviously not comparable too. at all too. from like a play style perspective, but he just seems super willing sometimes to not care and not push himself and not be aggressive. And you saw he was ultra ultra aggressive two nights ago taking them to the rack oh like really hard hard dunks just pure pure aggression I don't know how else to really say it when he is like that and he's actively looking for himself I think that's really important so 
I'm hoping he does it again. Like that price on DraftKings is problematic. He's gotten significantly more expensive on FanDuel too. This guy was like 6,900 or something a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah, he's seen a big spike in price. He was 6,500 four days ago on FanDuel. So he's up 1,800. Now, I was smashing Jamal Murray for weeks and weeks. So this isn't changing anything for me. Uh, Hey, from what I've seen, that seems like a good smash. I don't know about you. Anyway, I've been getting smashed by anyway, anyway, uh, I don't mind the price. Like he's clearly overpriced now, but now I think he's just more of a pay up to be contrarian option than a uh, true value. All right. You going to be all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, those pictures just came fresh into my brain and I had to regroup, you know? God bless her. <laughs> Extraordinary <laughs> sight for any, for any human. What are we? What are you doing with the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, Very little in sort of, I guess. So can we talk a little bit about Trey Young picking up 16% ownership on FanDuel? I'm not entirely sure I understand how that's happening. That seems pretty high to me. Yeah, sure. Uh, I Like, would you rather have Ben Simmons or Trey Young today? Simmons is $400 more expensive. That's a very easy question. I'd much rather have Trey Young. I mean... It's a 231 total game. They're only a field goal dog here. <laughs> and Denver is Denver's a good team, but defensively they they have some inadequacies. I, I don't look at De- Denver, by the way, you want to talk Denver's allowing the second highest field goal percentage at the rim this season, right? Uh, no surprise so, there. Jokic sucks on defense. <laughs> he does. And it's not like Trey Young only takes threes. He will drive yeah. to the rim. So uh, on a number of fronts, I think this is actually a, a pretty exploitable Denver Nuggets defense. So I, I, I actually like Trey Young a decent amount here. What about you? Okay, so I don't. And this is where I was leading you to. Ben Simmons was the only point guard ahead of him. Here are the, guard, here are the point guards in salary that are directly Wait, you'd rather Trey. have Ben Simmons over Trey Young? No, I'd rather have neither of them. Okay. Uh, this is where this conversation is going. Kyrie Irving is $400 cheaper than Trey Young today. I would rather have Kyrie Irving. That that one's pretty easy for me. I would also rather have Jamal Murray at 8,300, and I would greatly prefer De'Aaron Fox at 7,800. I would rather use my point guard on point guard spl- slots on those slightly cheaper guys than Trey Young along with being heavy on Dennis Smith Jr., Michael Carter-Williams, Corey Joseph, Monty Morris, DJ Augustine. I think the value at point guard is at the bottom or not all the way at the top. So I have very little interest in that Trey Young chalk. He's the guy that I think I get away from the most. Okay. Yeah, I think I like him a little bit more than you do. Just close game. I'm not I'm, I'm not enthusiastic about Denver's defense whatsoever. Sure. Uh, yeah. uh, we've seen a lot of that where he's kind of just – decided not to shoot much. He's averaging the third most drives per game in the entire league. I, I, I like to see that. Um, I, I really like to see that against a team like Denver. So uh, that that's the one spot I think he can really hurt them on. And what's interesting is you look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you look at Luca, you look at Morant, all of those guys in the top five at drive rate, same with uh, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler. They're shooting way better, way better at the rim all above 50%, some above 54, 57% in Luca. Then Trey Young, who's knocking down only 44% of shots on drives. Of course, not all of them are at the rim, but many of them are going to be. Uh, if that opens up more efficiency today, uh, I, I think I like him. But at the same time, I don't disagree with you. that Anytime Trey Young is chalk it, it, at a price point that isn't just 
jaw dropping. Yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree with getting away from him a little bit either because he just hasn't had that ceiling that's breaking slates this year. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get get into an overowned Trey Young when I think that there's just value comparably at slightly lower uh, price tags. Do you have any other interest in in Atlanta? They're mostly all like 10 percenters, Capella, John Collins, uh, Cam Reddish, Gallo on FanDuel. All those guys seem like 10%-ish plays. I actually think Kevin Herter, even at 15% ownership on DraftKings at 5,100, is going a little bit under-owned. I'm going to assume that he's shooting guard small forward eligibility, and that's why. Uh, I think that opens him up a little bit more, but he'd be the guy that I actually have a little bit of interest in. Cam Reddish, too, at 4,900. One of those guys is probably decent. Both of them probably aren't. Hit that thumbs up, guys, if you haven't done so. Maybe you came in late. Of course, you can listen to all of these shows in podcast form as well. Check that out at any podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, you name it. Find us there. Uh, The moment these these, these shows end, you can watch them again on YouTube. Uh, But maybe you don't have YouTube Premium. You don't want to have your phone open. Uh, You can't close your screen and keep it playing. Just listen to it in podcast form for whatever you're doing. And leave us a review if you don't mind. Also, comment on today's show. I always read them. I always make sure to pay attention to them too. If you have any comments, whatever it is, doesn't matter. We got you. And you look at our ownership. We talk about our ownership all the time as we move to this Brooklyn and LA Clippers game. All of that's available at awesomeo.com slash join, all of which has been built by the number one ranked DFS player, Osmo himself, used to make millions of dollars playing DFS, particularly playing NBA DFS as well. Uh, so I would highly suggest, or at least recommend, you come and check it out. We do a lot of free content throughout the week. You can always see that uh, before you may decide to dive in, whether it's free ownership, free projections for the day, the free boom bust tool, top stack tool, lineup builder. We have a fantasy cruncher add-on. Uh, but the best thing is we've got something for you want to do a week. You want to do an express week, three ninety-five a week. You want to do all access, every sport for a week. We got you there. Single sport, monthly multi-sport, all of our sports, annual, monthly, whatever it is, we got you covered. Any type of player you are, whatever your budget, go to awesome.com slash join. Check out the tools built by the number one ranked DFS player in the world. And uh, also check out all the screenshots that have been flowing in on Twitter from people that are using those tools to win a lot of money. All right, Josh, we've got uh, two to go here. Brooklyn and the LA Clippers. This one should be high scoring. Nets six point dogs against the Clippers. Uh, L.A. getting healthy, 235 and a half total. Let's start with Brooklyn. You mentioned that you like Kyrie. We can kick it off there. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be very easy on this game. These are the two worst teams to roster today in fantasy. They have the least combined uh, odds of being in the optimal. For Brooklyn and for L.A., they are the two worst. These, these will be the games that I have the least of. However, we do need to touch on the studs because that's where it gets a little bit different. So we've got Harden and Kyrie both owned in like the 16 to 18% range on FanDuel. I think both of those numbers are basically appropriate. Same sort of story on DraftKings. Harden at 10-6, 18% owned. I think that's about right. Kyrie, 8,700 projected for 14% ownership. I think that's about right. Only guy that I could see getting any sort of other ownership would be maybe a little bit of Bruce Brown. But honestly, it's only Harden. It's only Kyrie. And I already think that they're properly owned. And it's basically the exact same story on the Clippers. I don't mind getting to a little bit of Kawhi Leonard, 9,800 on FanDuel, 9,500 on DraftKings. The benefit here, Kawhi is picking up no ownership. So I don't mind getting him to be a little bit different. If you want to pay up for a stud that's picking up no ownership, that's fine. I don't really want to roster anybody else on the Clippers, maybe a share or two of Paul George. I think this game is fully devoid of anything resembling value. The only guys that you can roster are the four really good guys. Wow. 
Okay. Would, are, are there any priority spots whatsoever? No. On either side of this game? On either side. 14.9% uh, of the time, James Harden makes the optimal on FanDuel. That's the highest number I have in this game. That is just like a normal, solid play from a game. Uh, if I if I have shares of anyone other than Harden, Kyrie, or Kawhi Leonard, I would be shocked. Wow. It would be okay. it would be fully random. Easy enough. Yeah. And, and I don't disagree that once you get past the the top options, but you're saying even those guys are secondary options to you on this seven game slate. They they very much are. I would much rather spend up all the way for Giannis than to Harden and Kawhi. I think Harden's good. I think he's been looking fantastic, but he's already got all of the price tag right now. I think the ceiling on Giannis is a little bit higher in that matchup against Sacramento than it is for Brooklyn against the Clippers. All right. Well, amazingly making good time today, Josh, this is shocking. It's Sunday. You and I are both probably dragging a little bit today. <laughs> it's always possible. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento and Milwaukee. Let's close it out. Yeah. Why not give on a Sunday show and give the viewers a little bit of a respite from the hour and a half show. Someone, commented on uh wednesday's show it was like how do you guys take this long to get through 10 games like, wait till we have a 13 gamer yeah uh, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's not last year because we would have took another hour oh easily hey it's a community feel i we have a lot of shows where they can breeze right through them if that's more your pace if that's more your style check it out i, I, I won't be offended by it like no. we have the slate starter show the Live Before Lock and Deeper Dive show are straight to the point. I'm on the Deeper Dive. You're on the Live Before Lock. Josh's contenders videos are real quick hitters. They're like yeah. sm smoke break videos, Josh, you know? Poop poopers. Yeah. Right. Dump videos. Yeah. Although, I, you know, the problem is you watch one, you're sitting down, you, everything's done, but you still stay seated, and then your legs start to go numb. You know yeah, that. I, you know that. I help make right? your legs numb. That is that should be my new tagline. There you go. Yeah, but that would be too long though if it's making your legs numb. Well, if you're watching for both sites, that's six and a half minutes. Fanduel, six and a half minutes on DraftKings. I think I have like a twenty minute numbness period. Uh, okay. Before I hit numbness. Mm. And it all depends on the toilet too. You got to If it's one of those toilets where uh, you're a little bit higher up yeah. than normal, yeah. uh, that that's a little bit more helpful. When you have a, a relatively low toilet, that's where it starts to get a little scary. Exactly. I've had it where I've fallen into the wall trying to get at my legs. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've fallen straight onto the floor of my workplace. <laughs> and I don't mean like my own home. Like when I used to work in an office, I stood up. This was back when like we didn't have smartphones, so I would print out ESPN chats and read those on like just paper while I was in the can trying to get away from actually doing my job. And I just remember standing up once and just tipping straight forward <laughs> and ending up on the ground of a oh, bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shameful yeah. stuff, man. The amount of times I've had to catch myself on the wall in front of the toilet. I didn't make it. I just zoop, tipped right over forward. <laughs> St Stephen Leibowitz says it's troubling that you know the time. I don't actually know that. I'm not clocking myself, dude. I'm just saying I could go an easy experience. Pretty sure I'd go an easy 10 to 15 minutes, get up like, you know, fresh legs, no problem. Well, just think about how many dumps you've taken in your entire life to know that information. Like, it's just second nature to me to exactly. know what's going to happen. Exactly. And, and the truth is, if smartphones didn't exist, you, know, you can only read the back of so many shampoo bottles. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's why I was printing out ESPN chats. Right. You're like, oh, nice. I got a 15 minutes worth of Tim Kirkjian today. Exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, no, it's uh, it, things have changed now. I mean, I, there's just unlimited resources is the problem.
Oh, that's great. It makes pooping so much better. It makes it a, an absolute blast. You know, I, I sometimes do it just to get <laughs> it away. It is an from, absolute blast. I get it. I, I do it just to get away from life, you know? Oh, absolutely. That, that, I mean, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so, sometimes I don't even have to poop. Sacramento, oh, yeah. Milwaukee. What are we doing with the Sacramento side? 10 point, 10 and a half point dogs against the Bucks. 237 and a half total. Here's your highest total game of the slate to close out this seven gamer. Yeah, and I don't really think that we could talk about too much of it now. I think you have to tune into Live Before Lock a little bit later. Uh, Harrison Barnes, questionable. I think it's Glenn Robinson, questionable. Rashawn Holmes, questionable. He was a game-time decision. I actually projected Rashawn Holmes in to start the other guys out, but this has a ton of Q tags on it, so I think we need a little bit more information. One way or the other, I like De'Aaron Fox, and I like Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Fox and Halliburton, both about 20% optimal for me on FanDuel. Uh, similar story for Fox on DK at 7,700. Halliburton is $900 more expensive on DK, so I don't like him nearly as much there. Uh, if these guys still end up out, I think Corey Joseph for 4,400 on DraftKings uh, or Fandle at 4,200 opens himself up as a bit of a value play. Who knows what sort of minutes Marvin Bagley gets? I assume it'll be a, a pretty sizable number if Holmes is out again. If Holmes is back, I think we see Bagley's minutes get cut again. So we can look at Fox and we can look at Halliburton because I don't think any of the injury news really impacts either one of those guys. Their minutes are set, sort of their rates are set. We're going to have a tough time sorting through the front court, and I think it's too early to really establish it because they've got three Q tags today. Right, and the the one thing I'll say that I was that I talked about a lot on on Thursday was – I think it was, no, no, was it Thursday? I can't remember. Was it, so Sacramento played, they played yesterday too, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they, they're on the second of a back-to-back too. Uh, but it, on Thursday, I, I mentioned that, that Whiteside was getting a ton of ownership. Bagley wasn't, even though I anticipated him starting with Holmes out. And I, you could have gone a couple of different ways there, but I, I thought Bielitsa and, and Holmes would, or, and, and Bagley would start. Ended up getting that. Uh, with Bagley at center, and he only played 21 minutes in that one game, or 24 minutes, and then what you saw from him was, it just if he's playing well, it's very possible that Whiteside wasn't going to get those minutes that he got when he played 24 minutes off the bench, and then everyone flocked towards him. So I I think there is a, a lot of uncertainty here, Josh, where on the 15th, Whiteside played 24 and Bagley only played 21. I definitely think there's uncertainty here. You look against Miami, Whiteside played 15 the very next game, and Bagley ended up playing only 20, uh, 24 minutes. And then he plays 35 against Sacramento. So maybe you can exploit that volatility here with one of these guys, assuming that Rashawn Holmes is out. But there's certainly no guarantee that any one of them is getting consistent minutes. Right. Something is going to either open up or get completely slammed shut as we get closer to lock for this game. Um, For right now, though, it's really hard to speculate. So I'm keeping my focus on the guards. All right. Top options from Sacramento. Do you have any? Fox and Halliburton right now. If Holmes is out again and everybody else stays out, then I think you'll have to look to Marvin Bagley as well. All right. Milwaukee, highest total on the slate. No surprise there. They are um, gonna. You're going to be getting a lot of ownership towards Giannis on DraftKings. I think you probably agree that that's not the craziest thing. Nope. He is. What's his ownership right now? Twenty six percent on DraftKings, Josh. Yeah. What do? Well, let's start with him. 
He's my primary payup option by a mile. I have him in the optimal line. I have him projected for 61 and a half fantasy points on DK. I have him in the optimal lineup 23% of the time. That's twice as high as everybody else in the 10Ks on DraftKings for me. To me, he's the no-brainer payup option. This is exactly who I want because he's playing real minutes now. Uh, He's the best fantasy producer on the planet, and he's playing the minutes that most normal starters play. Yep. And at that combination, I'm happy to pay both of these price tags, especially on FanDuel where you have to roster two power forwards anyway. Like that roster construction makes even more sense to me. I'm also going to immediately go right back to my boy, Chris Middleton, who has been playing like absolute garbage as of late. 7,200 on FanDuel is just not a price tag I'm worried about. Both of these guys are in the mid-30s in ownership, and I think that they are both correct. Uh, I wouldn't want to – on Giannis, I'd be happy to go north of the field. On Middleton, I'm more likely to stay right with the field. So I like both of those guys. A little bit of DJ Augustine now, who's looking to be picking up a little bit more minutes now. Drew Holiday will be back, I believe, in their next game. But for now, Augustine is 3,900 on FanDuel, 3,800 on DraftKings. Looks like a nice value. It's 21% owned on DK, so you're not squeezing too much value out of them. Uh, Brooke Lopez, DiVincenzo, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton. These guys are picking up about 10% ownership on DK. I think you can mix and max mix and match Milwaukee, but it's Giannis and Middleton aggressively for me. Giannis is 34th in minutes per game this year. Last year, he wasn't inside the top 80. Think about yep. how much of a difference that makes with a guy that produces one and three quarter fantasy points per minute. It's bonkers to me, man. It's uh, I'm happy to see it. Finally, it's, we've been calling for it for ages. Exactly. Like when, when we knew that Giannis could play 37, 38 minutes in, in a competitive game, you're looking at easily the best fantasy per, fantasy player in the world. And yeah. I don't mean fantasy point per minute guy, because we already knew that was him. But yeah. now actually on a nightly basis, churning out 70 plus, that's because those minutes are now allowing him to do it. I'm with you. I love it here against Sacramento. There's some blowout concern, but the good thing is in a blowout, maybe he only plays 32 minutes, which normally in a blowout last year, he would have played 28. Yeah. And if he plays 32 minutes in a blowout, I assume he was part of the blowout. He's not like he's going to be hanging 35 fantasy points on yep. you or something like that. You're probably still getting to 55, 60, and you can be fine if the other guys don't go north of 70. I just want to have as much Giannis as I could possibly have today. Talk to me about Chris Middleton, who's just been, I mean, ungodly bad this season. Uh, actually, ungodly bad over the past few games. Yes. It's almost like he started playing terribly the moment you said he was better than Jimmy Butler. It's I odd know. how that happens. It is odd how that happens. I mean, he, you know, 36 fantasy points was fine two nights ago. Went on a bit of a lull here. Went for 62 a week and a half ago. He's still incredible. That's the the real thing that people are missing on. Uh, like, do you know what he's shooting this year from three? 7%. 43% from three. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. 22.5 potential assists per 100 passes. That's an A-plus rating for uh, playmaking. Uh, I love every bit of Chris Middleton. This dude is one of my favorite players in the league. He's wildly, wildly underrepresented in people's minds. Just does it all. And at 7,200, I'm happy to be there. It's not like Sacramento. the Sacramento Kings have anything that's going to stop them. So going back to the well again tonight. Absolutely. And so is the public. 35% ownership on FanDuel, 18% on DraftKings. I actually think he's a little bit over-owned, but he's still a core piece. Yeah, he's still over and easily averaging easily over a fantasy point per minute. He's played 35 plus minutes in uh in seven straight games. I'm I'm busting balls here, but 
Chris Middleton makes for a very strong play once again. 1.5 fan or 1.5 points per minute as the pick and roll ball handler this year. 1.2 in isolation. This dude is really, really good. He's going to have some bad games. It's just funny that it coincided with you, you know, saying that he was better than Butler and then Butler ripped off like three straight triple doubles. Yes. Which is like the perfect thing to get to like overrate someone on the surface. Oh, sure. Sure. Like it's just, that's the perfect way for someone to go out there and be like, yo, we had three straight triple doubles. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I don't care about a triple double at all. And again, I think Jimmy Butler's really good. (laughs) Yeah. I know. But like Russell Westbrook was an example of a guy that averaged a triple double, won the MVP. And while it was fun, he probably shouldn't have. So exactly. Close us out, Josh. Anything else for the Bucks? No, not really. Um, FanDuel, I'd say it's majorly Giannis and Middleton. On DraftKings, it packs in a little bit more. So Giannis, Middleton, DJ Augustine at 3,800. A little bit of Brooke Lopez, I think, is fine, too. Bryn Forbes, the other day, started off with nine points in, like, the first six minutes. Finished yeah. with ten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nerd-ass Greg was pretty heavy on Bryn Forbes that night, and we were still live when he got those first nine, so he was feeling pretty good. How did he feel at the end of the game? Probably not as good. <laughs> That might have been the game where he finished with uh, 22 total fantasy points, though. Uh, I, I can't. I can't. They all blend together at this point. What I do know is he uh, he came back to earth pretty quickly. Josh, top options from this slate, or maybe people could just go and watch your contenders videos where you lay them all out in a beautiful short format here on the YouTube uh, on the Awesome O YouTube channel. Normally, you would be able to watch those. Oh, things. it's a Sunday, That's uh, right. but there's Sunday. no chance I'm recording those today. Yep. Uh, but they yep. will be back tomorrow morning, so you guys can enjoy that. Uh, if we're talking top plays today, so Giannis is my primary pay-up option on both sites. I'll go for FanDuel first. So guys that I am going to have a ton of, Michael Porter Jr., Giannis, MCW, Chris Middleton, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Fred Van Vliet. That's like my core guys across most positions. On DraftKings, favorite plays today are going to be Michael Porter Jr., Giannis, Dennis Smith Jr., De'Aaron Fox, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, DJ Augustine, Fred Van Vliet. All right. We're in business. We are in business. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, guys. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel and check out all of our shows on the podcast platform, whichever one you prefer. We've got you covered. Go to awesomeo.com slash join to check out everything we've got. And... Check out No House Advantage, free projections, free optimal lineups page, and a free $20 when you sign up at the No House Advantage app. We'll catch you back here tomorrow on the NBA Strategy Show. And, of course, the NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock coming up tonight. We'll see you soon. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.